section twenty of the world as will and idea this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org read for you by chiquito crasto the world as will and idea volume one by arthur schopenhauer translated by r b haldane and j kemp third book the world as idea second aspect the transition which we have referred to as possible but yet to be regarded as only exceptional from the common knowledge of particular things to the knowledge of the idea takes place suddenly for knowledge breaks free from the service of the will by the subject ceasing to be merely individual and thus becoming the pure willless subject of knowledge which no longer traces relations in accordance with the principle of sufficient reason but rests in fixed contemplation of the object presented to it out of its connection with all others and rises into it a full explanation is necessary to make this clear and the reader must suspend his surprise for a while till he has grasped the whole thought expressed in this work and then it will vanish of itself if raised by the power of the mind a man relinquishes the common way of looking at things gives up tracing under the guidance of the forms of the principle of sufficient reason their relations to each other the final goal of which is always a relation to his own will if he thus ceases to consider the where the when the why and the whither of things and looks simply and solely at the what if further he does not allow abstract thought the concepts of the reason to take possession of his consciousness but instead of all this gives the whole power of his mind to perception sinks himself entirely in this and lets his whole consciousness be filled with a quiet contemplation of the natural object actually present whether a landscape a tree a mountain a building or whatever it may be inasmuch as he loses himself in this object to use a pregnant german idiom that is forgets even his individuality his will and only continues to exist as the pure subject the clear mirror of the object so that it is as if the object alone were there without any one to perceive it and he can no longer separate the perceiver from the perception but both have become one because the whole consciousness is filled and occupied with one single sensuous picture if thus the object has to such an extent passed out of all relation to something outside it and the subject out of all relation to the will then that which is so known is no longer the particular thing as such but it is the idea the eternal form the immediate objectivity of the will at this grade and therefore he who is sunk in this perception is no longer individual for in such perception the individual has lost himself but he is pure willless painless timeless subject of knowledge this which in itself is so remarkable which i well know confirms the saying that originated with thomas paine du sublime au ridicule il n'y a qu'un pas will by degree become clearer and less surprising from what follows it was this 
that was running in spinoza's mind when he wrote meus eterna est quatinus res sub eternitatis specie concipit in such contemplation the particular thing becomes at once the idea of its species and the perceiving individual becomes pure subject of knowledge the individual as such knows only particular things the pure subject of knowledge knows only ideas for the individual is a subject of knowledge in its relation to a definite particular manifestation of will and in subjection to this this particular manifestation of will is as such subordinated to the principle of sufficient reason in all its forms therefore all knowledge which relates itself to it also follows the principle of sufficient reason and no other kind of knowledge is fitted to be of use to the will but this which always consists merely of relations to the object the knowing individual as such and the particular things known by him are always in some place at some time and are links in the chain of causes and effects the pure subject of knowledge and his correlative the idea have passed out of all these forms of the principle of sufficient reason time place the individual that knows and the individual that is known have for them no meaning when an individual knower has raised himself in the manner described to be pure subject of knowledge and at the same time has raised the observed object to the platonic idea the world as idea appears complete and pure and the full objectification of the will takes place for the platonic idea alone is its adequate objectivity the idea includes object and subject in like manner in itself for they are its one form but in it they are absolutely of equal importance for as the object is here as elsewhere simply the idea of the subject the subject which passes entirely into the perceived object has thus become this object itself for the whole consciousness is nothing but its perfectly distinct picture now this consciousness constitutes the whole world as idea for one imagines the whole of the platonic ideas or grades of the objectivity of will in their series passing through it the particular things of all time and space are nothing but ideas multiplied through the principle of sufficient reason the form of the knowledge of the individual as such and thus obscured as regards their pure objectivity when the platonic idea appears in it subject and object are no longer to be distinguished for the platonic idea the adequate objectivity of will the true world as idea arises only when the subject and object reciprocally fill and penetrate each other completely and in the same way the knowing and the known individuals as things in themselves are not to be distinguished for if we look entirely away from the true world as idea there remains nothing but the world as will the will is the in itself of the platonic idea which fully objectifies it it is also the in itself of the particular thing and of the individual that knows it which objectify it incompletely as will outside the idea and all its forms it is one and the same in the object contemplated and in the individual who soars aloft in this contemplation and becomes conscious of himself as pure subject 
these two are therefore in themselves not different for in themselves they are will which here knows itself and multiplicity and difference exist only as the way in which this reason comes to the will that is only in the phenomenon on account of its form the principle of sufficient reason now the known thing without me as a subject of knowledge is just as little an object and not mere will blind effort as without the object without the idea i am a knowing subject and not mere blind will this will is in itself that is outside the idea one and the same with mine only in the world as idea whose form is always at least that of subject and object we are separated as the known and the knowing individual as soon as knowledge of the world as idea is abolished there remains nothing but mere will blind effort that it should receive objectivity become idea supposes at once both subject and object but that this should be pure complete and adequate objectivity of the will supposes the object as platonic idea free from the forms of the principle of sufficient reason and the subject as the pure subject of knowledge free from individuality and subjection to the will whoever now has after the manner referred to become so absorbed and lost in the perception of nature that he only continues to exist as the pure knowing subject becomes in this way directly conscious that as such he is the condition that is the supporter of the world and all objective existence for this now shows itself as dependent upon his existence thus he draws nature into himself so that he sees it to be merely an accident of his own being in this sense byron says are not the mountains waves and skies a part of me and of my soul as i of them but how shall he who feels this regard himself as absolutely transitory in contrast to imperishable nature such a man will rather be filled with the consciousness which the upanishad of the veda expresses hoy omnes creaturae in totum ego sum et proeter mi aliud ens non est in order to gain a deep insight into the nature of the world it is absolutely necessary that we should learn to distinguish the will as thing in itself from its adequate objectivity and also the different grades in which this appears more and more distinctly and fully that is the ideas themselves from the merely phenomenal existence of these ideas in the forms of the principle of sufficient reason the restricted method of knowledge of the individual we shall then agree with plato when he attributes actual being only to the ideas and allows only an illusive dreamlike existence to things in space and time the real world for the individual then we shall understand how one and the same idea reveals itself in so many phenomena and presents its nature only bit by bit to the individual one side after another then we shall also distinguish the idea itself from the way in which its manifestation appears in the observation of the individual and recognize the former as essential and the latter as unessential let us consider this with the help of examples taken from the most insignificant things and also from the greatest
when clouds move the figures which they form are not essential but indifferent to them but that as elastic vapor they are pressed together drifted along spread out or torn asunder by the force of the wind this is their nature the essence of the forces which objectify themselves in them the idea their actual forms are only for the individual observer to the brook that flows over stones the eddies the waves the foam flakes which it forms are indifferent and unessential but that it follows the attraction of gravity and behaves as inelastic perfectly mobile formless transparent fluid this is its nature this if known through perception is its idea these accidental forms are only for us so long as we know as individuals the ice on the window pane forms into crystals according to the laws of crystallization which reveal the essence of the force of nature that appears here exhibit the idea but the trees and flowers which it traces on the pane are unessential and are only there for us what appears in the clouds the brook and the crystal is the weakest echo of that will which appears more fully in the plant more fully still in the beast and most fully in man but only the essential in all these grades of its objectification constitutes the idea on the other hand its unfolding or development because broken up in the forms of the principle of sufficient reason into a multiplicity of many-sided phenomena is unessential to the idea lies merely in the kind of knowledge that belongs to the individual and has reality only for this the same thing necessarily holds good of the unfolding of that idea which is the completest objectivity of will therefore the history of the human race the throng of events the change of times the multifarious forms of human life in different lands and countries all this is only the accidental form of the manifestation of the idea does not belong to the idea itself in which alone lies the adequate objectivity of the will but only to the phenomenon which appears in the knowledge of the individual and is just as foreign unessential and indifferent to the idea itself as the figures which they assume are to the clouds the form of its eddies and foam flakes to the brook or its trees and flowers to ice to him who has thoroughly grasped this and can distinguish between the will and the idea and between the idea and its manifestation the events of the world will have significance only so far as they are the letters out of which we may read the idea of man but not in and for themselves he will not believe with the vulgar that time may produce something actually new and significant that through it or in it something absolutely real may attain to existence or indeed that it itself as a whole has beginning and end plan and development and in some way has for its final aim the highest perfection according to their conception of the last generation of man whose life is a brief thirty years therefore he will just as little with homer people a whole olympus with gods to guide the events of time as with ossian he will take the forms of the clouds for individual beings for as we have said both have just as much meaning as regards the idea which appears in them in the manifold forms of human life and in the unceasing change of events he will regard the idea 
only as the abiding and essential in which the will to live has its fullest objectivity and which shows its different sides in the capacities the passions the errors and the excellences of the human race in self-interest hatred love fear boldness frivolity stupidity slyness wit genius and so forth all of which crowding together and combining in thousands of forms individuals continually create the history of the great and the little world in which it is all the same whether they are set in motion by nuts or by crowns finally he will find that in the world it is the same as in the dramas of godzi in all of which the same persons appear with like intention and with a like fate the motives and incidents are certainly different in each piece but the spirit of the incidents is the same the actors in one piece know nothing of the incidents of another although they performed it in themselves therefore after all experience of former pieces pantaloon has become no more agile or generous tartaglia no more conscientious brighella no more courageous and columbine no more modest suppose we were allowed for once a clearer glance into the kingdom of the possible and over the whole chain of causes and effects if the earth spirit appeared and showed us in a picture all the greatest men enlighteners of the world and heroes that chance destroyed before they were ripe for their work then the great events that would have changed the history of the world and brought in periods of the highest culture and enlightenment but which the blindest chance the most insignificant accident hindered at the outset lastly the splendid powers of great men that would have enriched whole ages of the world but which either misled by error or passion or compelled by necessity they squandered uselessly on unworthy or unfruitful objects or even wasted in play if we all saw this we would shudder and lament at the thought of the lost treasures of whole periods of the world but the earth spirit would smile and say the source from which the individuals and their powers proceed is inexhaustible and unending as time and space for like these forms of all phenomena they also are only phenomena visibility of the will no finite measure can exhaust that infinite source therefore an undiminished eternity is always open for the return of any event or work that was nipped in the bud in this world of phenomena true loss is just as little possible as true gain the will alone is it is the thing in itself and the source of all these phenomena its self-knowledge and its assertion or denial which is then decided upon is the only event in itself end of section 20 read for you by chiquito crasto birmingham alabama